Following the suspension of the COVID-19 state of disaster, uh, companies across South Africa are now rapidly demanding a return to work of all employees. Corporate leaders might consider it their prerogative to get all hands physically back on deck at the office again, but a leadership expert is cautioning that they should be aware of the consequences of a top-down, inflexible approach around this. Advaita Naidu, MD with Africa at Jack Hammer Global, is concerned that enforcing return-to-work ultimatums could result in a company not only losing good employees and developing a resentful, toxic workplace, but is also uh, in failing to attract, g- going to fail to attract quality talent down the line. Advaita, good morning and welcome to the show. Hi, Udo. Thanks for having me. Firstly, how, how prevalent is it that companies are now demanding putting ultimatums in place for people to return to work? Oh, we've seen news reports, certainly, that it's pretty widespread. There are a lot of larger companies that are certainly um, calling people back to the office. And while we're not seeing it um, displayed as, oh, we're issuing this ultimatum, there's certainly a very authoritarian feel to it. Mm. And then anecdotally, I can report that we have executives calling our office daily, asking what their alternative options might be. You know, is this normal? Are South African companies doing this right? Um, you know, what's it like in the global context? So, you know, we've certainly done a temperature check, mm-hmm. and we know that this is happening. Well, what's the big drawback here for companies who are, are placing ultimatums on workers to say, we need you back where we are paying rent, where we, where we have invested in infrastructure? <laughs> I mean, I think that that is part of the the issue that, you know, that there are already a number of sunken costs and they're really trying to get their return on investment. I think for a lot of companies, they feel that the office is the center of gravity. And to a certain extent, I understand because it is a little bit more difficult to connect and collaborate when you are geographically dispersed. And especially when teams haven't been gathering in the same ways that they have before, work becomes very transactional. People might get a little bit more irritated with each other. There isn't that same spirit of collaboration and working towards a common goal that there may have been before. That said, productivity certainly hasn't suffered. In fact, um, a lot of employers have told us that they're getting more out of their teams in terms of output than they had before COVID-19. So I think you know companies haven't really done that deep dive into what they're trying to get out of mm-hmm. it, and they certainly haven't used any... Um, meaningful metrics to decide whether the office is the place that people need to be in order to do their jobs effectively. You know, I, I'm able to do all my my radio work from home, but I come into a studio because the team is here. We work better together as a team when we're all in the same space. However, office workers right now, I would be livid if I have to drive in and out of an office every single day with the petrol price being as high as it is, mm-hmm. with the price of food being as high as it is, with the traffic in load shedding be as te- being as terrible as it is, then you've got to juggle your, your family responsibilities around that as well. So I can understand the average worker would much rather want to manage their, their home and their work lives from home. Hundred percent, and you know, I think um, at the core of it, this actually isn't really just about physically returning to work. I think the the, the problem is that there has been this very top-down approach, and it actually speaks more about company culture and employee value proposition. There's nothing inherently wrong with being back in the office, but I think leaders need to ask themselves what is the rationale and. Certainly, should we have consulted people before we made this decision? They may have found that people don't have a problem with being back in work. They just want the same flexibility.
flexibility that they've been afforded. They want to be able to duck out at 2, two o'clock and go and listen to a music lesson for a child. Or you know, they want the ability to work at 10 p.m. because it just works better for them um, from a concentration perspective. And this forced return in certain working hours is, you know, it, it's understandably frustrating people just because it's an edict, it's a mandate, and it's not a consultation. So how do we resolve this? There's the employer and the employee on the other side. How, how, how do we get to the comfortable medium here? Well, I mean, look, the, the first thing is consult. Consult with your team. If companies haven't already done that, done so, then do it now. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I think we made a mistake. We were basic testing this. Let's find a thing that works for everybody. Um, I think the office also needs to become a place of purpose. You know, it can't just be the place that everybody goes to just because they have to be there. What What's the rationale? Is Do we go in on collaboration days? Do we go in just for a bit of fierce, you know, just to socialize our teammates? Um, hybrid options. They, it, this was a debate long before COVID actually came along. And some people, like I said, you know, they might be happy to be in there a few days a week and then they want flexibility on it. And there's nothing wrong with having a combination. Mm. And I think another thing that companies got very good at during the pandemic was checking in on people just just as and when, just from a mental health perspective. And that seems to have stopped now, but it's no less important now than it was then. And frankly, we should actually be better at doing them sure. at this stage. So, you know, just don't forget the softer aspects of running a team. Got you. There's uh, Advaita Naidu, sound advice there, and she's MD with Africa at Jack Hammer Global.